the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. I am Seth. As we head into hour two, it is a delight to do so with Congressman David Schweikert, proudly representing Arizona's first congressional district. Congressman Schweikert, how are you, sir? Mr. Seth. You know, it's, have you ever had one of those where um, it's a long day and it's still not over? Still yeah. 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 It's, so it's seven o'clock <laughs> here in D.C. right now. And, and. You know, it would be nice if some of the meetings actually accomplished anything. So, Well, I wanted to ask you about that. You might be on to something. I wanted to get your take on it. I saw the Speaker of the House um, proposed a little bit of a plan here to help raise the debt ceiling in a way that might, yeah, limit safe growth. we're having a meeting. Yeah, I was just, just because, you know, um, I'm inherently skeptical on everything. Yeah. Um, we were a handful of us are actually breaking it up and reading it okay, um, tonight. So good. we're going to have a party. We're going to sit there and read. Everyone takes a section and goes over it. Just, Very nice. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's fine, but you know, trust but verified. You weren't in Congress, were you? When when uh, when uh, Sonny was there, uh, Sonny from California, Sonny uh, I, Bono, I was, he would bring I in the pizzas. But, <laughs> yeah. but but actually, um, he was always he was very kind to me when uh, you know years ago. So um, he would bring in the pizzas and they'd pour over this. But there is this limit save grow act that McCarthy proposed intellectually or at least philosophically. The notion is that uh, it'll raise the debt ceiling by about a trillion and a half dollars yep. and theoretically and, and to, and yeah to, uh, so a dollar amount and yeah. a date certain yeah so i was one of the people that also requ- was demanding a date certain and, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that later sure. um but then it's a number of things saying okay we're going to also reduce these programs and these spendings right. but we're also going to do some things that that we believe will also maximize some economic growth so you're trying to get that 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 blend so a debt ceiling is a stressing event, yeah. and the Democrats basically say, just give in, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. But folks seem to forget. Do you remember the uh, about a decade ago, the United States actually got downgraded by Standard & Poor's? Right. We were not downgraded because of a debt ceiling fight. We were downgraded because after a debt ceiling fight, we did not demonstrate a plan on what we were going to do to stabilize U.S. sovereign debt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Debt is dramatically worse today than it was a decade ago because of our demographics. You know, people somehow think it's this program or that program. It's almost, you know, almost uh, 100% of the future debt between today and 30 years from now, 100% is Medicare and Social Security. Right. And, and a lot of folks don't want to hear that, but it's demographics. Yeah. So unless you're going to really grow, um, and then we're going to have to have that brutal conversation of what are we going to do to disrupt the price of health care. So it's a start. It's a start on the growth side, and it's a start on limiting some of the um, spending, particularly on the discretionary side. So 
That's my rambling. It, it, well, it seems like it might be within grasp. Your your buddy and uh, someone I'm a big fan of, Brian Riedel, uh, had a piece in the New York Post yesterday, yeah. right, talking on tax day that we're collecting about forty eight forty eight hundred dollars per household more in taxes than before the pandemic, but we're spending uh, uh, more than sixty three hundred dollars per household. Over yeah. that same period, that that's really where the dis- disconnect is. I mean, it yeah. seems to me. I mean, it seems obvious to me. Well, and you try to explain functionally thirty cents out of every dollar yep. that government spends is borrowed, mm-hmm. and you get these folks saying, "Well, then just cut foreign aid." Right. Okay, you yeah. took a, a couple pennies of that. Yeah. Um, when it's the entire discretionary budget, that's all of the military. All of the FBI, all of the Park Service, all of the White House, all of Congress, I mean, all of what we call discretionary, things that aren't in a formula, don't equal 30%. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if you said, I want to balance today, we could do it. But you've got to tell me how much of Medicare or how much of veterans benefits or those things get cut. Right. With all of, and no defense, and the rest of the government's gone. Right. It, the scale of the structural problem is your your government is substantially an insurance company with an army. <laughs> the vast, vast majority of our spending is what we call mandatory. It's either earned entitlements. You earned your Medicare. You earned your Social Security. If you served in the military, you earned your veterans benefits. Or we have other things you get because you fell below a certain income. Or you get because you're part of a certain tribal group or other things. Um, but... You know, discretionary now is like 25% of the spending, and we borrow 30%. So the only way to do it is to be serious about the discretionary, but then also be serious about fiscal policy that generates a lot of growth, I imagine. And you missed a very important leg, and also get serious about growth. Okay. And and I'm going to do a floor speech tomorrow that's probably going to get me in trouble. Um, the leadership, I have the leadership hour tomorrow, and I'm going to try to walk through both the good, bad, and the ugly. The ugly is our demographics. Um, we have a crisis of young men, um, you know, um, early death, suicides, drug use. I mean, things that, that your population helps you grow. We're getting, you know, old very fast as a society. Um, you know, our fertility rates are down around 1.7, um, which is shocking if you see how, after COVID, the numbers just crashed and is still staying very low. But we're still the most dynamic big economy in the world. We have people who are willing to take risks and, and do things that, that, that set off growth. How do I encourage that and minimize the other things? Well, one of the ways to discourage it looks like the potential of Joe Biden's tax plan. I mean, if you look at that tax plan, as I was reading something I think Steve Moore did yesterday, it could could discourage innovation and growth uh, by a tremendous amount that would never get us within a horizon or within within five miles of seeing the the, being able to see the horizon of, of, of any kind of not only growth, but reduction of deficit. Yeah, um. And you're already, you're actually already seeing it. Okay. Um, we tried very hard last year. Um, now we were in the minority, negotiating on um, the research and development type tax credit that's, that's been around very very long time. And it's, it's and understand 
it's expensing. It's it's a it's like you get to immediately depreciate. Yeah. So you you develop you spend lots and lots and lots of money developing a new gizmo. You would get to depreciate, take that expense instead of amortizing it over time. Um, but Democrats say they support that, except they won't vote for it unless we also give away a tremendous amount of money. Yeah. Um, in transfer payments. Uh-huh. So, and they thought Republicans would roll over and just say, we know we need this to grow the economy, but we're going to give away money that's several times more expensive. So it, it, it's almost like they, they, they've decided they despise opportunity mm-hmm. and, and those who believe growth is moral. David, the um, David Schweikert is our guest. The United States Senate just has the slimmest Democrat Democratic Party majority uh, d- with the caucusing of independents with the Democrats. Do you have Democrats in the Senate who are who who you think might kind of side with you or, or flip and, uh, and work with you a little bit? Well, Democrats in the House. I, um, I understand, but when it gets to the Senate, doesn't it have to doesn't it have to get agreement it, it, in the Senate as well? It matters what it, it matters what it is. Yeah. Um. And and there's there's other things going on. We have to be very careful. There, there's things I really want in the debt ceiling agreement, but they would be um, what we would call um, tax fixes. Like we were just talking about the research um, you know, uh, tax provisions. Mm-hmm. If we put that in this legislation, all of a sudden Chuck Schumer now has a piece of legislation that has a tax provision, mm-hmm. meaning he can add whatever the hell he wants to it, and send it back because all under the U.S. Constitution, all tax provisions must begin in the Ways and Means Committee. Right. If we give them something, what will they do with it? Mm-hmm. So we're, we've been having a running debate saying, as we put this package, we can't give them a tax provision because they'll send us back a tax hike. I gotcha. All right. Uh, I got to take a break. Do you want to stay or do you got to get to work sure. and work uh, on this let thing? Me, let way. me stay because no right. one has shown up yet. All right. Good. So we'll keep you as long as we can. Um, Great. David Schweikert is my guest. I'm Seth Liebson, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Congressman David Schweikert is our guest. He represents Arizona's first congressional district right here. And, um, David, I was watching uh, a hearing uh, where you made some remarks uh, earlier. I think it was earlier today, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was. Yeah, earlier today. Uh, getting a lot of attention. Good for you uh, for bringing this out, uh, making the way- rounds on social media as it is about this kind of what uh, trick. If, well, if if is trick the right word? What the Biden administration yeah, it, did with tariffs in an attempt to get us against China, in an attempt to get us more green, but in a way that is so uh, inversely perverse that it's actually going to be actually making us less green. Okay, so it's public policy through virtue signaling. Yeah, right. And, um, okay, so um, uh, President Trump put tariffs on Chinese-made solar panels. And one of the reasons he did that was, one, you know, wanting to build a U.S. solar panel manufacturing industry, but also Chinese solar panels are filthy. You've got to understand um, that we have some great literature saying because the, the glass, you know, which uses huge amounts of energy and some of the other parts of the manufacturing are made in with coal-fired power in China that has no scrubbers. 
Remember, China's basically opening up two coal plants a week. You know, they have such an insatiable energy or, or appetite for their energy. But so they're making these solar panels with absolutely filthy facility mm-hmm. energy. It takes eight to ten years on many of these articles walking through the math just for that solar panel to offset the carbon of its own manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not the shipping, not everything else that goes into it. So you have the Democrats who say, well, let's get rid of the Chinese um, tariff on solar panels. So, um, you know, the huge amount of spending that the, the Democrats put in their Inflation Reduction Act, which is just Orwellian name, yep. gets spent buying these solar panels so the cash goes to China. At the same time, you're importing solar panels that have to be around a decade before they even offset the amount of greenhouse gases that went into making them. Yeah, that's it's right. just <laughs> and to the Democrats, the the, the virtue signal was more powerful than even giving a darn about the actual environment. Yeah, because what it's 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 something about opening up more with China, or it's something about reversing no, no, a bad Trump policy. I, no, I no, it's purely virtue signaling. If they get to pretend they're being green, yeah. they raise money. Okay, It's not about the math. It's not about the facts. All right. Talk, by the way, talk to us about that Orwellian uh, Reduction Act uh, and, and oh, the numbers yeah, you, you yeah, were also talking the other thing about I here. also yeah. did to make um, our brothers and sisters on the left very upset is I made some boards. Yep. You know, these boards and display, and just trying to say, you guys promised the giveaways you were putting into to the green world we're going to cost us this sort of money. Mm-hmm. It was going to be $280 billion if all these tax credits and these grants and other things went out the door. Um, uh, Goldman Sachs and, a, and another, a number of other economists have now actually scored the legislation. It's not $280 billion, which is outrageous. It's $1.2 trillion right. is the exposure on these giveaways. And fine, you, you, you may love that. Tell the American people the truth about the math. The Democrats go nuts over our 2017 tax reform that grew the economy, that brought in tremendous amounts of new revenues, but also had a score like that. Yet they'll wink and nod and slip it into a bill to give it to organizations who write checks. Because let's be honest, the solar, the wind folks, those... Who do they write the political checks to? Yeah, yeah. And you start to see the washing machine that's going on out there of the money to politics. Does it change any equation if Republicans get bigger, larger, and larger majorities? Does it change any of the equation, or does it just change too many Republicans? No, no. The major larger majorities give you maneuvering room. Okay. Um, and sometimes the maneuvering room is all the way down to, hey, what happens if we have two members sick? Mm-hmm. You've you got to understand, um, the Democrats are going through that in the U.S. Senate right now. Mm-hmm. If we had four or five members out of our 222 get ill, it's hard to manage the floor of the House. Mm-hmm. The Democrats could run out and, and run something at us. Mm-hmm. So, so you've got to understand, very small majorities require lots of juggling. Because remember, I have a members from New York City who are going to see the world very different than someone from rural Arizona. Sure. 
Sure. I, I, I appreciate that. But the, but but the, the question then, I guess, becomes, David, with everything you're talking about, and there's just not that many of you. I don't know if there's more than you, uh, but if there are, it's not more than a handful of you. With everything you're up against, the lobbying that you're talking about, the K Street ethics that you're talking about, you go in there every day. You're 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 a happy warrior. You're an optimistic fist swinger on this stuff. Well, I, I'm uh, a little dour right now. I, I'm just I'm I, I'm just angry. Well, your dour is most people's optimism. Your dour is most people's optimism. The question the question is because there is a big part. I hear about it from my listeners all the time in the conservative movement, the Republican Party, but people that want this party to get serious about debt. And the honest truth is that the debt. I mean, it's it's not equally true, but it is honestly true that the Republican Party has not been great on it either, except for um, people like you. And is there is there light at the end of some tunnel here in keeping supporting you know these efforts? Um, we don't have a choice. Yeah. The, the, you, when this blows up on us, you're not going to see it coming. And 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 look, I, I actually one of those. I don't believe you have this punctuated moment where everything comes off the rails. Um, the best economists say what you do is you drag the United States down into a very slow drain spiral where you can't break out now. And you don't you think don't, we're there yet, huh? No, no, we're not there yet. Okay, but but we're within. We're within the decade okay. um, where the amount of capital you're consuming to cover the debt and the politics of what you have to do to disrupt the growth of the debt um, become impossible. And so you just become another slow growth. You're going to see incredible tax hikes. You basically just become another stagnant European style. That's what aging, I'm seeing more aging, people writing about. Yeah. yeah. Republic. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing more people writing about. And it doesn't about. have to be that way. But I, the thing that upsets me the most about many of my, and I get this more from my populist side of my friends, sure. it, 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 the math isn't always comfortable, but the math is still the math. Yeah. And, and don't boo me when I bring the slides and say, this is the math. Yep. I, I get booed for giving the, the math. Well, you get cheered here for it. Bring the math, David. Keep bringing the math. Right. Thank you, brother. Go get them tonight. Solve this. Thanks, Seth. All right. I'll talk to you later. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, they're all conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions dollars abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. The patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The veterans at uh, Midas Gold Group see devastating implications. The end of cash, the end of financial privacy, big government able to see your every purchase. Could there be ties to social credit? Own private currency, gold and silver. Now get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Give the give the Midas Gold Group a call today at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Or check them out online at Midas Gold Group. Dot com. 
Uh, our friend uh, Sam Stone, he'll be with us tomorrow. Maybe we can talk a little bit about this. He's He, he wrote one of the most um, in-depth and serious solutions to the chronic homeless problem that we have growing in Phoenix and we see in other major cities. And uh, as I understand it, uh, part of his plan, which he was hoping to implement um, from the position of city councilman, but we'll do it another way, um, was, uh, was shown to Donald Trump. And uh, son of a gun, Donald Trump, I'm reading from Town Hall right now, uh, just released his plan, looks a lot like Sam's, to address homelessness in the United States. Donald Trump said, quote, the homeless have no right to turn every park and sidewalk into a place for them to squat and do drugs. Americans should not have to step over piles of needles and waste as they walk down a street in a beautiful city, at least a once beautiful city, because they've changed so much over the last 10 years. There is nothing compassionate about letting these individuals live in filth and squalor. Still quoting, for a small fraction of what we spend upon Ukraine, we could take care of every homeless veteran in America. Our veterans are being treated horribly. Likewise, with all of the money we will save by ending mass unskilled migration, we'll have a huge dividend to address this crisis in our own country. Close quote. Urban camping would be banned, and those who violate the bans would be arrested, he said, clarifying that individuals will be given an opportunity to get treatment if they are willing to be rehabilitated. As for where they will be taken, you could do large parcels of inexpensive land opened up where a range of medical professionals, social workers, drug drug rehab specialists will take care of homeless to address those problems. He said, quote, for those who are just temporarily down on their luck, we'll work with them to quickly reintegrate into normal life. For those who have addiction, substance abuse, and common mental health problems, we'll get them into treatment. And for those who are severely mentally ill and deeply disturbed, we'll bring them back to mental institutions where they belong with the goal of reintegrating them back into society once they are well enough to manage. It's a tough, tough task. But this is how we'll end the scourge of homeless and make our cities clean and safe and beautiful. Um, Again, beautiful again, part of a Make America Great Again program. I was just watching a highlight reel of what's going on in Seattle right now. If you didn't say it was Seattle, you would have thought it was San Francisco. It is is indistinguishable how bad these cities have gotten. People just walking by, walking by— People injecting themselves and smoking from meth pipes. They're just walking by it as if it has become routine. It is not good for a society to become numb to social destruction and social recklessness and social devastation. But those cities and those societies have. I'm fearing that it's spreading and more of society will become numb to it. It is not a good thing to become numb to. It is not a good thing to get used to. It is not a good thing to define deviancy down and call it normal. I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. 
Trying to think what year that song would have come out from The Who, right? Well, the truth is we have been taking it. <laughs> We've been taking it for a long time. Uh, and um, by the way, listening to the um, the ad for Why Refi from Dennis reminds me we, uh, we have that great cigar night coming up a week from tomorrow with Dennis. I uh, got a lot of calls on it today, people trying to uh, get into the VIP event. That part is sold out, but we do have general admission available. You can get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. We're keeping the event so deliberately small that general admission is going to be uh, tremendously intimate, uh, and uh, you will all have uh, face and uh, handshaking or whatever, hugging (laughs) time with Dennis um, before the main event starts. Uh, every every ticket is 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 practically VIP the way we're doing this. It's going to be a great event. It's going to be outdoors, uh, six thirty, uh, cocktail reception, great food. Um, I helped create the menu, so I know it'll be great food and uh, classic uh, high end uh, adult beverages as well. It's just going to be fantastic. And if you like cigars, great. That's uh, that's. The uh, that was the inspiration for it because of Dennis's love of cigars, but you don't have to. And uh, it's as I say, outdoors in the shade of Camelback Mountain, so it'll be nice and cool. It will be outdoors, um, and uh, there will also be a completely no smoking section if that is something that just perchance might be nettlesome to you. But uh, it's I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we'll have cocktail reception, and then uh, I'll be interviewing Dennis for you all with a bunch of uh, what I hope to be uh, good questions. And um, and uh, and you can, as I say, get still get your tickets at 960thepatriot.com. General admission is uh, all we have left, but it's going to be, uh, as I say, t- tremendously intimate. And there's just no one better, I don't think, for our times right now to hear from than Dennis. I mean, you just think about the, the Are you guys aware of who Matt Walsh is and the work he's done? Matt Walsh and the work he's done uh, on behalf of protecting children from the awful transgender type operations and chemical castrations. Well, they've hacked his accounts. Um, He has had to hire security for his family. He has had to go underground and reporters have taken the accounts that have been hacked and started publishing them. Uh, the New York Times writer Benjamin Ryan, health and science reporter over at uh, the New York Times and NBC News, he writes, Matt Walsh, this is what he wrote on Twitter, Matt Walsh has called for the execution of doctors who treat gender dysphoria in children. That's what he tweeted. Matt Walsh has called for the execution of doctors who treat gender dysphoria in children. No, he has not. Treating gender dysphoria can have a wide range of meanings, a wide range. I'll give you the exact quote of what Matt Walsh said that engendered that quote from the New York Times NBC reporter. Here's exactly what Matt Walsh wrote, quote, mutilating and castrating children should legally be considered a capital crime, close quote. Should I repeat it? Mutilating and castrating children should legally be considered a capital crime. Does that mean treating to you? Does that mean treating to you? No, it does not. Who is against legal sanction for those who mutilate and castrate children? 
Please tell me. Because that's what the New York Times is whitewashing to say treating gender dysphoria and blaming Matt Walsh for saying he calls on the execution of doctors who treat gender dysphoria. We live in such a deliberately, it's not an accidental, it's a deliberately Orwellian world these days so that the left can make any argument they want, even the gender argument or the sex change argument or the transgender dysphoria argument, whatever you want to call it, even that is a wash in Orwellian turn speak. Think about what the phrase, the phrase of art is that they use. Think about that phrase of art for just a moment. The phrase of art is gender-affirming care. Gender-affirming care. By any plain understanding of the English language, by any plain reading of a dictionary, affirming means instantiating. Affirming means substantiating. Affirming means keeping. Affirming means saying yes to what exists or is presented. What gender-affirming care, however, means is sex-changing. It is so Orwellian, it is the exact opposite, just as they do with speech and violence. Whether you're at Stanford Law School, whether you're at San Francisco State, whether you're at Yale— This is exactly what they do. If you speak conservatively, your words are violence. And once they're violence, remember what the common sense argument of the sanction of law is. Once it's violence, the operations of the law can be used to sanction you. How did Thomas Jefferson put it in his notes on Virginia? The law does not touch the operations of the mind only the actions of the body. So if the operations of the mind lead to speech that you disagree with, you just conveniently convert that, you turn the key and convert that through your Orwellian machine here, your double your double speak machine, and you create language and turn it into violence. And then you can ban the person from speaking. Or you can or you can defend those who engage in assault and battery against the speaker, as was done with Riley Gaines. You tell me who's committing more violence on our culture. Tell me who's committing more violence on our culture. Riley Gaines, for going to a campus to talk about protecting women's rights in athletics, women's rights in sports, Simply going to a campus to talk about that, the importance of Title IX, and not allowing men to compete against her or other women, or or a male who goes into female locker rooms and female bathrooms under this notion of gender affirmation and transgender rights and seeks all the complement of rights to compete against women as a male in a woman's sport. Who's creating more violence? And by the way, none of that is speech. None of that is speech. But when Riley Gaines gives a speech on it, that is considered violence. That's the danger of Orwellism. That's the danger of Orwellianism. George Orwell wrote a book, 1949, to explain what was going on 
in the Soviet Union. It was a dystopian novel. It was a warning. Here's another Orwellian thing about Orwell. We have made Orwell Orwell. The Book of Warning, the cautionary dystopian novel, has become a policy and procedure manual. Folks, you think about all the problems going on, all the vagaries with the economy, whether it's bank failures or stock market volatility or concerns about the recession. Why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the Fed or the stock market? It's an investment where you can compound your interest. You can turn your monthly income on or off, whatever you like. And there's no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time time. There are no fees in this secure collateralized portfolio that delivers an up to 10.25% fixed rate of return. Why Refi is local. I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I've been there several times and I can tell you, you will not get a sales pitch. They leave that up to Dennis and me and Larry. No one's going to ask you to sign anything. When you meet with the team at Why Refi, you'll see why I trust and like them so much. You can also check them out online, investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. David, you love history um, as much or more than I do. And uh, you like rhetoric as much or more than I do as well. And uh, you want to teach your kids something, folks? Um Something about uh, an America that um, you probably remember. <laughs> uh, an America that was very common in workaday with your parents. 71 years ago today, 71 years ago today, Douglas MacArthur gave his uh, retirement speech to a joint session of Congress. Play it for him. Play it for him. It's available online. And um, think about how different the virtues and values were in a time when he could give a speech like that versus what you hear today in Congress or nearly anywhere else. He finished that speech saying, I'm closing my 52 years of military service. When I joined the Army, even before the turn of the century, it was the fulfillment of all my boyish hopes and dreams. What are the boyish hopes and dreams today? The world has turned over many times since I took the oath on that plane at West Point, and the hopes and dreams have long since vanished, but I still remember the refrain of one of the most popular barrack ballads of that day, which proclaimed most proudly that old soldiers never die. They just fade away. By the way, before he finished that quote, when you listen to the audio, when he said old soldiers never die, you will see people already applauding. In Congress, they already knew the rest of that refrain. They knew what he was doing. They knew what he was saying. Today, no one would recognize it. And then he said, and like the old soldier of that ballad, I now close my military career and just fade away. An old soldier who tried to do his duty as God gave him the light to see that duty. And then he said goodbye. Let's not say goodbye to everything he stood for and was speaking about, huh? Shall we? Be right back. Thank you. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.